Hey, food friends, and welcome to the Food Founders Podcast, your number one spot to get mentoring, guidance, and behind the scene learnings to help you understand what it really takes to launch, grow, and scale your packaged food or beverage business. On the show, you'll hear from food founders at various stages of growth, and you'll hear from me and my 14 years of packaged food and beverage experience. Each episode is packed with insights, inspiration, and learning to help you on your food business journey. I'm your host, Ainsley, and this is the Food Founders Podcast. Before we jump into today's show, I want to thank our sponsor, the Food Brands That Sell program. Food Brands That Sell is a six-week deep dive into the CPG industry and teaches you how to win within that industry by creating a brand that you, retailers, and consumers love. Here's what a recent alumni had to say about the program. I am so grateful that I chose to do Food Brands That Sell. I learned so much about myself, my journey, and my company. These six weeks changed how I'm doing my business, and I can see the difference already. I no longer feel alone. If you aren't already on the waitlist, hop on over to foodbrandsthatsellwaitlist.com or grab the link below to make sure that you are first to know when the program is accepting new students. All right, let's dive into today's episode. Hey, everyone, and welcome to the Food Founders Podcast. Today, I'm really excited to have Ginger Murphy of Poppy Handcrafted Popcorn on the show. Ginger, welcome to the Food Founders Podcast. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Ginger, for anyone who does not know poppies, which everyone should because it is phenomenal. Can you talk to us a little bit about how you started this company? Yeah. So this is always kind of an interesting thing to talk about because, you know, I always feel like people want to hear that I, you know, made these big batches of popcorn in my garage for all of the neighborhood children. And that was definitely not the case. I kind of found myself, I had a job that I absolutely loved and I had been, re- I was recently divorced and my kids were young. My job, even though I loved it, was super demanding of my time and my weekends. And it was just really stressing me out. I was like, I need, I need to make some money. I need some balance. I need more flexibility in my schedule. And I'd always kind of like, I've always kind of wanted to do my own thing. Like I've always had this entrepreneurial spirit. Like as a kid, I was like that kid that like went around the neighborhood, picked all their flowers and then tried to sell them back to them. You know, like my mom would be like, Ginger, you can't try to sell people's flowers back to them after you pick them out of their yards. (laughs) So, you know, I was always like, we could sell this, you know, anything that I got my hands on. So, you know, I just was kind of thinking like, what can I do? And it was so bizarre. Like I was watching, I was cleaning my, my house and the Food Network came on and there was this little blurb about a popcorn shop. Popcorn was like what I grew up on. Like that's what we always had in our house. That was always our snack. We would even like go to the movie theater and buy it and take it to go. You know, like nobody wants to pay the prices of movie theater popcorn, but it's what you do when you go to the movies. But we would not even go to the movie. We'd just go get it and take it home. So this little thing came on the Food Network. And for whatever reason, I I thought about it and it was literally on for like five minutes. And I was like, that's what I'm going to do. I just kind of thought, I I thought about it and I didn't know anything about it. I didn't know 
you know, I thought, how much popcorn do you have to sell to make money? Like, surely you have to sell a lot of popcorn. And like, can you even, is this even like, make sense? So my thought was kind of like, Asheville's a super foodie town. And we kind of have everything. We have like all of the luxuries of food and drink of a big city, only we're a small town. But we we didn't have a popcorn shop. You know, it, it kind of popped into my head. And then I was like, okay, like, that's ridiculous. I don't have any means to make this happen. But I just kept thinking about it. And then a couple of weeks after that, I um, got on the internet to try to find that thing that I'd seen on the Food Network and figure out like what shop that was, who that was. And I found it. And I just, I reached out to the girl that owned that shop. And I just told her like, I'm just thinking about maybe I want to do this. And can I talk to you and just get some information? And she got back to me and said, yes. Within a month, I flew out to Austin, which is where she is, and spent like three days with her. You know, at the time, it felt like I learned a whole lot. In retrospect, I can see she shared very little with me, (laughs) as she should have. Um, But it was enough for me to like get get the wheel spinning. And so I just kind of thought about that. I I really kind of made a decision to like open a popcorn shop before I ever made a single batch of popcorn, which my family will tell you that's the story of my life. But um, (laughs) (laughs) Um, I'm always like, how hard can it be? I can totally do that. And then it's only later that I'm like, yeah, okay, wow, that's way harder than I thought it was. But yeah, that's kind of like how it started. It was really just more of like, how can I have more control over my life more than popcorn is my passion. You know, like mm-hmm. popcorn is kind of my my vehicle to have all the things that I want. And of course, you know, the road's been like this. You know, you quickly learn that when you go into business for yourself, you work way, way more than you ever thought you could work for somebody else. Um, but it did give me some flexibility, you know, like I could... I could leave and go to a field trip or go to a baseball game or, and just work late at night and make up for it in all the times that I could make up for it. So that's kind of where that came from. And yeah, I mean, it's kind of the opposite of how people usually do things, but it's worked. It's worked. And I (laughs) I don't know that I recommend it, but it worked. (laughs) (laughs) It's really, it's a really interesting piece though, because it's like you started with the end in mind in terms of this is the life I want. I I know I want to spend more time with my family. How do I get there? And you're absolutely right. Like entrepreneurship is kind of the best way to get there, even though you work way more than you ever would for anyone else. Like you said, there is this element of control and flexibility that you just can't get working for someone else. It's so true. And it's, I think it's like, you know, when that is your motivating factor, like you figure it out, like you Mm -hmm. just, you figure it out. And it meant so much to me because my kids, like at the time, my kids were five and seven, like they were little. And so I was just juggling them so much and it was just killing me, but I didn't have the option not to work. So when I opened, you know, I was my only employee because I had to pay myself. And yeah, I mean, you know, when, because they were young, they went to bed early at night. And that's when like, I got so much, I would work for hours, you know, I was exhausted, mm-hmm. but I could still get up in the morning and take them to school and then go pick them up from school and not have to, you know, kind of shuffle them around town until six o'clock at night. Like I had been doing, 
so yeah, then you, you know, you kind of, you kind of get used to the exhaustion and that just becomes your normal. And then, you know, one day when you stop working at that pace, you're like, wow, what kind of crazy people work like that? (laughs) But, um, you know, when you're just in it, you're just, you're just, you just do it. And you're just, that's just what you do. And you don't really think about it because it's, it's a means to an end and that's what you have to do. Right. Right. Okay. So you decided you were going to do this. You fly down to Austin, learn a bit about popcorn, about how Mm -hmm. you can bring it to life. You come back to Asheville. Were you moonlighting for some time, trying to like bring this to life in the background while you were working full time? Or were you like, nope, going all in? What did that transition period look like? Um, so I still um, was with my the job that I had. And um, I went down to Austin in April of 2014. I think I saw that um, clip on the Food Network probably in February. Went down to Austin in April. And then I stayed with my job. And I, when I came back from Austin, I sat down with my employers and told them, like, I just, I wanted to be honest. I had worked there for a while. I really liked them. I loved the job. Like they, you know, they were friends of mine. They're still friends of mine. So I just wanted to tell them what my plans were. And I wanted to make that transition, not only for me, but for them as easy as possible. So I stayed working there until August of 2014. And then um, that's when I left and just, I was working on Poppy the, that whole time, but August was kind of down, kind of getting down to the wire because I opened in October. Okay. So that was when like build out was going on in the space. And it was just looking back, it was the craziest time. Like, I don't even know how it happened. Like I literally like hawked everything I own to make this happen. Like, you know, I had no resources. I was just so determined and my mom would be like, don't come over to my house because like everything that's not nailed down, Ginger's going to swipe it and put it on eBay. <laughs> <You know? laughs> She'd like lock the doors. Um, <laughs> so it was just this like, I mean, it's really like this small miracle that it it's become what it is because it's it started on such a shoestring. Like I can't mm. even tell you. It's, but, it's kind of a blessing and a curse sometimes to not have sometimes that oh, this isn't going to work when you're just like, no, it's going to work. I'm going to go all in. I'm going to make it work. It can seem wild, but make it work, right? It's like ignorance is bliss in some ways. You're like, I don't care about that difficulty. I'm going to make it happen. And when you've like put so much on the line, like you're just, sometimes I feel like if I had been like just handed the money to make this happen, it it wouldn't have been the same. Like Mm. I literally had everything on the line to like, failure was not an option. Right. You know, like all of my eggs were in this basket. So I was like, I don't care what happens. This has to work. I don't know what it's going to look like. I don't know where it's going to go, but it's got to work. Even if I'm the only person that ever works here and I can take a paycheck from here, that will feel like success to me. Right. You know? So yeah, I think there's definitely a, a benefit, a drive that you get when you stand to lose everything. Hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. So, yeah. Talk to me about where Poppy is today. What does the company look like today in 2021? So, yeah, it looks a lot different from that. (laughs) Um, We now have about 40 employees. We are spread out through three different locations pretty quickly after Poppy opened. You know, people always ask me, like, how quickly did you know this was? going to work. And 
I definitely had like positive feedback immediately. I, I can't say that I knew it was going to work for several years. And that's just because you kind of learn, like you need money to grow and it's so difficult to get money in your early days. You know, it's like people love the idea of small business and supporting small business, but you know, when you need a loan because you, you know, your business is ready to grow, like it's nearly impossible to actually get a loan. So, you know, I knew I had something good, but whether I thought I could actually pull it off financially um, was always difficult for the first few years. But yeah, Poppy just continued to grow. And thankfully, Asheville's like such a touristy town and so many people love to visit, visit Asheville. Pretty much right away, we started getting calls about people had tried the popcorn. They loved it. They want to carry it in their stores. And that wasn't really how we were packaging it. We were literally just filling it in a plastic bag with a twist tie. But after so many calls, I was like, okay, well, I need to figure out how to package this that other people can sell it because there's obviously a demand for it. And I didn't have any idea how to make that happen. So it took about a year to figure that out and kind of perfect it, which it wasn't perfected, but I thought it was at the time. Um, and we launched wholesale side of Poppy just to the Asheville area and it immediately took off. And next thing we know, a year later, we're doing trade shows and there's, you know, it, it's just the wholesale side just like took off like wildfire. We couldn't keep up with it. And yeah, now we have sales reps in every state. We have popcorn in like 2000 retailers across the country in Canada. And, you know, I, I always say like, if all of these people could just see what seven years ago looked like, they would say, there's no way this happened. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, you know, it's, it's crazy. A lot of times I walk in and I'm like, whose business is this? Like, what is going on here? This is like, somebody's killing it around here. These people are killing it, you know, cause I, I still like, I still have that feeling of like in the beginning that I don't have the, um, I definitely don't have the same stress and worries as I did in the beginning, but you know, I, I, I always kind of equate it to your kids. You're like, you're just in the moment, you're whatever age they're at, like that's where you are. And then you pull out like your pictures and you're like, oh my gosh, they were so little and they've grown so much. And that's kind of how Poppy feels to me, you know, mm -hmm. like people are always like, aren't you just so impressed with like what's happened? And I think, oh yeah, I am. But you don't think about that every day. You know, you're just like, you're just doing it. When you stop and take a look back, it is fun to be like, oh my gosh, like, remember when we did this? That was so crazy. <laughs> like, how did that work? But well, And what do you think has been some of the key pieces that have allowed you to grow to the place where you're at today from an idea to, you know, a small one location shop, maybe potentially just you at the beginning to now having 40 employees throughout North, uh, being distributed throughout North America, wholesale, like packaging and, and you're doing e-com and you still have the shop as well. Like, how did you get here? Th this is the part that I like always kind of feel like I have a lot to say about. So I'm going to keep it, I'm going to keep it minimal, but um, it, it's interesting to me because I think there's so many people with so many great ideas and for some reason they don't always work, you know, and I'm always like, that was such a great idea. Like what happened? And while I don't know the answer to that, I do know that for us, it comes, from, I mean, a lot of times I say, if I would have opened that shop in any other town, it would have never made it. Like Asheville has been, 
so great at supporting Poppy and like it's always been so great at supporting local business and local people in business. And there's just such a supportive community. I definitely equate some of it to that. And I think it's also like having the right people, like as, as I started hiring people, having the right people on the team. I mean, I will say like the majority of the people that have been here the longest are personal friends of mine. And, you know, I think in the beginning you're, you can hardly pay people anything. So they're, they're not here for the money. They're here um, cause they believe in the business or they believe in you or they're, you know, or they love the, the thrill of small business and like seeing something grow. So while everybody wants to make money, it kind of takes certain people to kind of hang in there in the early days and see the potential of something rather than just how much is in their paycheck every week. Cause that's not impressive. And then I think, you know, a lot of it is just like being vulnerable in a way that to ask people for help and to ask people questions when you need to and know that you don't know everything and be willing to hear, um, you know, what other people have to say. I, I remember like when we were first starting to figure out wholesale, I had no idea how to package something or how long the product would last inside the package, or I didn't know any of that. And fortunately, um, you know, I was able to reach out to some people in Asheville that knew enough to get me started and they were willing to share information with me. And I think that is something that's pretty exclusive to this community. Like I know that wouldn't happen everywhere. Like people wouldn't just hand over information that, but there's this kind of sense of community in Asheville that I feel like it's like the more we all succeed, the better we all are. It's not a it's not the same kind of like com- competition that you might feel in other places. And so, I mean, I think kind of all those things wrapped together are, have just been like the golden ticket. You know, it's not just one thing. It's all of these little things that kind of added up to things you could never really guess would happen or, you know, it's not because I can say, oh, well, I actually am a packaging engineer and... <laughs> a trained chef. And I just put all the, these things together. Like I'm none of those things, right. but yeah, you know, I think where my strong suit is, is kind of relationally, you know, like I'm not afraid to call somebody and say, I have no idea what I'm doing. Can you help me? Mm. And so, you know, that's been super beneficial for me. And I definitely at this stage of the game, I get lots of people now calling me, asking me those things. I always answer them. Like I'm, like, I love that part because really without that, I we would not be here if people were not so willing to, you know, just take time out of their busy day and share information to, you know, for somebody who ultimately could be product competition for them. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I feel really, really lucky on on lots of levels that it's not just really one thing. It's just a whole bunch of things that continue to come together as we grow. And it's it's really a remarkable story, I think. Yeah, I absolutely sense that. And I sense your vulnerability with it. And that is so important, every industry, um, mm-hmm. especially CPG, because it is not an easy industry to figure out. And there are so many moving pieces, so many hats mm-hmm. that you need to wear. And if you were to try to figure out how to do all of those pieces on your own, it would you, you would stay small for so long because there's just so much to learn. Whereas, you know, you yeah. kind of, you understood that I can fast track this by 
bringing on teammates to help make this possible, reaching out to other people to get the insights to help make this possible. Uh, and that, you know, that is very apparent as something that's been, you know, a part of your success. Yeah, for sure. And, you know, I think a lot of times, you know, there's this misconception that when you're in business for yourself, like you make all kinds of money and you, you know, people see popcorn on shelves places and they're like, oh, Ginger's killing it. Like she must be like rolling in it, you know? And really it's kind of the exact opposite of that. You know, there, there were a couple of years like in the, when Poppy first opened. And I mean, I don't say this like to be dramatic, but like I didn't have heat in my house for two years because it was just, I just couldn't afford it. Like I couldn't afford to like pay people and pay to grow Poppy and the heat bill was so expensive. And, you know, in Asheville, it's like, you know, if we lived in Minnesota, I would have had to figure it out. But Asheville's, you know, kind of up and down with our weather. And there'd be some, <laughs> some days my kids would be like, mom, this is ridiculous. Like, I want to go to dad's. It's warm at dad's house. And I'd be like, just put some more clothes on and be quiet. <laughs> you know, like, um, <laughs> and I think back to that and I'm like, you know, people have definitely had it much worse than just not having heat on 20 cold days out of the year. But, but I would see people and they'd be like, Oh my gosh, ginger poppy is like, I see poppy all over the place and you must be like doing so great. And while we were doing great, it just doesn't always equate to what people think that it does, you know? Mm -hmm. And I'm like, yeah, but could we come stay at your house tonight? Cause our house is really cold, <laughs> you know, but it also was like, you know, it helped my kids see like, sometimes like everything's not perfect, but it's still good, you know? And like, there, there's, it doesn't mean like everything's going to be just the way you want it right from the beginning. Like mm -hmm. there's, you have to give up certain things and you have to, you know, and I would remind them like, okay, well, we're not going to be here long. Like put your jackets on and we're going to, you're going to go to school and it's warm there and I'm going to go to work and then I'll be able to leave and take you to your game. And you know, like, right we're just sleeping. So put more blankets on, but it's been good to like, kind of remind myself of like how far we've come from that. And even in, during those times, you know, like I would look at like what I was paying my staff and, and paying myself. And there was times where, you know, they would be like ginger, like I like cut my salary in half to come work here. And I'm like, I know it, I know. And like, as soon as I can like pay you more, I will. And I, I would pay them more before I would pay myself because I needed them so much. And I knew what they had given up to come be with me, you know, and really it's just been within the last year that I feel like everybody, including myself is finally like their, their pay matches their work. <laughs> but I mean, there were six years when it definitely didn't. And without those people hanging in there with me, like Poppy wouldn't be nearly what it is, you know? So yeah, there's lots of pe puzzle pieces that just all came together that, you know, I could talk about it for hours. <laughs> I, I think your children have been able to get such a valuable lesson from this and, and everyone, like in terms of you need to make sacrifices sometimes and where you are right now does not mean that's where you're going to be forever and having that big vision and knowing why you're doing everything that you're doing makes those sacrifices a lot easier because you know, it's one thing if we have to make sacrifices because a job that we're in, you know, isn't paying us what we need to, or they're doing cuts or whatever, but like 
when it's your business and you're making the sacrifices, you also have more control over what that end piece can look like. Mm -hmm. And I I think that they will grow up and remember that. And it probably has such a deep, deep imprint on them in such a powerful way. I think so too. And they're now, um, you know, they're now 14 and 16 and I can see, I'm just starting to see little pieces of that, you know, like for years you're like, do they even know, you know, and you're like, no, they don't know. Like they would come home from school. And I remember Alex saying, mom, like somebody in my class today said, your mom owns Poppy. And he said, yeah. And, and they said, you guys must be rich. (laughs) And Alex goes, are we rich? And I was like, no, (laughs) we're so not, (laughs) but depends on how you measure that, I guess, you know, like (laughs) it was so funny because he was like, am I rich? And I don't even know it. I was like, yeah, no. You're like, no, sorry, honey. Not yet. So you know, you're not. Okay. I'm just going to throw it out there. You're not. Um, but just funny things like that, you know, it's like people's perceptions versus reality is really interesting. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Okay. I've got to call it out. You must have a fantastic way of working with your team and engaging them and keeping them connected in and like, what's your secret to having these fantastic people coming on board and knowing that they have taken a pay cut and they are like really, really talented and committed with you on this mission? What's your secret to, to having the team like that? You know, I don't know, but there, <laughs> I have one. I just don't know what it is because I do have this incredible, incredible team. I mean, the only thing I can say is probably sheer passion, you know, like, there's always been this feeling of like, it's not been like, this is mine and I need you guys to do this. It's always been like, we're in this together. I'm never going to ask you to do something that I wouldn't do. You know, Mm -hmm. I'm never going to ask you to work more than I work or any of those things. And, you know, we always say, I mean, popcorn is like so random, right? Like nobody's in the popcorn business, you know? So nobody's come in here with huge experience with popcorn or food or all of us that work here have never worked in any kind of industry like this before at all. So we've been learning together. Mm -hmm. And I think it's, you know, bringing people into that circle with you really gets their buy-in, you know, because I, I, I honestly wanted their feedback or I wanted their ideas, you know, because I didn't know what to do either. So it's like, okay, this is the problem. Like, what do we do? And we would figure it out. And I think, you know, the, the rewarding side to that sometimes outweighs just getting a paycheck. I mean, obviously everybody needs to pay their bills and wants to pay their bills and wants to have a little extra leftover. But I don't know. It just takes that certain person that just it, it's kind of like the thrill of the chase, I think. People mm-hmm. just they're in it. They they love to see, you know, the fruits of their labor and in an early business that's growing and succeeding, like you kind of get this like immediate gratification of like what you're doing is working, you know? Mm-hmm. So it's different every day. Like things come at you that you've never done before or opportunities that you've never experienced before. And there's definitely excitement in that. And, um, you know, you kind of just become, you're just kind of taking this ride together. And there's definitely been people come and go because that's not for everybody, but the ones that have stuck around, like they're so solid. They're like, Mm -hmm. you know, like I can't imagine if any of those pieces of that puzzle were taken away, like we would all feel it because we're, we've been in this, you know, now. Mm. And you, I mean, ultimately, you know, you spend more time here than you do with your family, you know? Yeah. And so 
I don't know. It's just this really amazing combination. And I'm sure not everybody here is going to work here forever. I mean, I hope they do, but I know the reality of that is probably slim, but we've had like such an incredible time, like Mm. doing this. I mean, there's obviously been some really low points, but when you kind of go through those things with people and they hang in there with you and you're like, and they know that you value them and like support them and, and appreciate them. It makes, you know, it's that equates so much more, I think, to then to the, just money. I mean, obviously at some point they want some money and who doesn't, but you know, I think it's like one of those things, like we say, like money doesn't buy you happiness. It helps for sure. Right. Mm-hmm. But there's a lot of other factors that kind of complete that full circle for you. And that's something that I think we've all been able to experience here. We've been able to be a part of something that none of us have ever been a part of anything like it. Mm. You know, it extends out to our community. Like we do a lot within our community because now we have the opportunity to do so. And we just kind of have a really like-minded staff, mm. you know, like we're very group oriented. It's not like nobody in here is like thinking about just themselves or just their pockets or I don't know. I think we're really good to each other and that makes it for a great place to want to come to work, you know? Yeah, absolutely. And that's, that's really key. Like you said, people spend more time at work than at home. So it's like, we gotta, we gotta enjoy while we're there. Right. And the people that we work with make a huge difference and the mission that we're And there's definitely times when we don't, and we have Mm -hmm. to like, come together and be like, okay, like something's happening here. Like what's going on? Like, let's fix this. Right. But we have enough of a relationship that we can do that rather than it's, it, it's not all a walk in the park by any means. Right. Right. Um, you know, you kind of have to be real with each other and be like, yeah, I like totally screwed this up and I'm sorry and help me fix it. You know, right. so you kind of have to have everybody with those kind of that vulnerability to come in and be like, none of us know what the heck we're doing, but <laughs> Together, we're going to figure it out. Together, yeah. we'll get there. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Always stronger together. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. And that's kind of the beauty of like having a product that like, you know, I remember like in the early days, it was so hard because people would be like, you're, you're going to do what? You're opening a popcorn shop? And I was like, yeah. And they're like, okay, well, good luck <laughs> with that. That sounds fun. You know, or people would come in the shop and they'd say, is this all, like, what else do you sell here? And I'm like, just popcorn. And they were like, Oh, okay. Well, okay. You know? And it was so funny. We, we still get them from time to time, but after the first year, the second year, we would get so many like online orders or people like sending holiday gifts. And Mm. they would say like, Hey dad, here's popcorn from that shop that you said would never make it. Or, you know, and I would read these and like, we'd (laughs) read them to the team and we would just be like, this is so awesome. We'd make copies of them and put them up on the you know, or people would come in and they'd be like, I told my wife, there's no way in a year that you guys will be here. And here you are. I'm really impressed. You know, like I've heard that so many times. I don't really hear it anymore, obviously. Right. But, you know, it is hard when you're like doing something that nobody really does and they don't understand and you're putting your whole life into it. Mm-hmm. And everybody's like looking at you like, okay, that ginger, yeah, bless her heart. She's, hope that works out, you know? Right. That's, that's tough. Yeah. Like from a mental perspective too, to know that not everyone sees the vision mm-hmm. and to be like, Nope, I see it. We are going to make it work. And yep. I think there was also with this too, like you weren't super rigid in terms of, no, it's going to be exactly like this. We're only going to do popcorn shops and it's going to be like this. Like 
yeah. orders started to come in and naturally started to evolve and you adapted to that, which allowed it to grow as well. And I think that's a really important lesson for people to like, if people are, you know, wanting to carry it in their stores and you don't have that figured out yet, go and figure it out. Like right. if people want to, if people want that, like that becomes your job as the business owner to them find the way to make it possible. This is how people want it. Like, you know, and I can tell like from your flavors, even it's like you have a whole variety of flavors, lots of them different, like location uh, inspired. Mm -hmm. And that probably helps so much as well with people coming in from other places, knowing that Asheville brings in so many tourists. Yeah, you, you, you're really connected in with that and you've listened to the people, which makes a huge difference. Yeah. I mean, I think that's like hugely important that, and that's kind of like what I hear a lot, um, over the years, we've kind of developed this like kind of little community of, of small business owners in Asheville. And <clears throat> in particular, there's a, a group of female small business owners and we get together every month and we have drinks and we just talk about business and all of us have like totally different businesses, but we all kind of experience a lot of the same things, you know, and we're super supportive and like throw out ideas and answer each other's questions. And that seems to be like, especially in the last year, with COVID, like being mm -hmm. open to like doing things that you never thought you would do because that seems to be what the demand is, is so important. I mean, it's what, I mean, it's how we survived last year. Right. You know, like we had an incredible year last year. We were up 35% over the previous year during mm -hmm. a pandemic year. And, you know, we just found that after the first month of panic, like people started sending their kids and their parents and their coworkers like gifts because they hadn't seen them and everybody was home. And, you know, for instance, like we had never really put together gift sets. So like, that wasn't our thing. We were just kind of selling wholesale popcorn for the most part. And then we were like, oh, people want these like sets to put together, like take all the thinking out of it. So then we like quickly, like put some things together and had some photography done and put them on the website. And it was like, boom, they like flew out, hmm. you know, and that wasn't even on our radar two months prior to that, because we were just in wholesale mode, selling things by the case packs to other retailers, you know, right. but all these retailers shut down and we were like, now what? And so we didn't really know what to do until our customers kind of told us what to do. Mm. And, you know, that's definitely been a huge lesson. It's like, okay, like let's sit back and like for a minute and see like, what do people want? Because when you're just in it all the time, you kind of just think about what you want. Right. It's important to kind of blend those two things. You know, you got to stay true to like what's important to you, but you also ultimately are trying to sell something. And so what is it do they, you know, that they want to buy? Because without that, you can't do the things that are important to you if, if you're not selling anything. Right. You know, that's kind of this catch 22. But yeah, yeah, I think flexibility and kind of like being open to kind of go with things, even if they're not exactly what you thought is really huge. Yeah, I think that's really key. And like the fact that you were up 35% last year during a pandemic when all these places were closed, like is proof that, yeah, give the people what they want. Right? <laughs> and, I know we don't really talk about that a whole lot because we're like, it's been such a hard year for people. And, you know, we kind of thrived through that. Mm -hmm. And so it's hard to celebrate that in a sense. But it also makes you like step back and see, think, figure out like 
why did that happen? And how did that happen? And what are we learning from that? Mm -hmm. And I mean, definitely like this year for us looks so different than 2019 looked because last year we took the time to like really listen and learn and make some changes. And I mean, this year so far, we've doubled our numbers from last year in the first Mm -hmm. four months, which is typically our slowest time of the year. Mm. So, you know, like it just, it's been an amazing journey for sure. I love that. I love that. For anyone who is thinking of starting a food company or they are in those very early stages, what is a piece of advice that you would share with them? I mean, gosh, there's those early stages are so hard. They're also the most rewarding to me. Like now when people ask me like what my favorite part about business is, like I really miss those early days. Like Mm. I love that, like kind of like fighting your way through it. But I think, you know, what's most important is there's like this balance of knowing what's important to you, knowing what you, what you feel like you can do. You know, when all those people were like, really, like, do you even sell sodas in here? It's just popcorn, you know, like for me to just know like, nope, yep, this is what we do and we're going to do it well was really important for me not to kind of like be wishy-washy about my intentions, but at the same time being open enough to like ask for help and ask for advice and like Mm. listen to what people have to say and then kind of put that all together and weigh, you know, pull out what, what you want to take from that. I think that's kind of a key. Like you, you can't be completely influenced by what other people say, but you need, you can't do it alone. Right. So you have to figure out this combination of what are the things that you're going to stand firm on and what are the things that you need help with? And then you have to be willing to accept that help. You know, Mm -hmm. you have to be willing to go to people and be like, I need money (laughs) or Mm -hmm. I need help or I need you to come help me and I can't even pay you, but I need you to come do this for me. And that's a hard place to be. You know, it's so hard to help ask people for help. But I think I found like people want to help you. You know, they don't know how to help you unless you tell them, but they want to. And so I can't tell you like in the first couple of years, how many of my friends have like bagged popcorn till all hours of the night (laughs) for nothing, for no pay. I'll pay you in popcorn. That's all I have. But the second I asked them, they're like, yep, we're there. We're going to be there. We're going to do it. But they wouldn't have just shown up without knowing what I needed. You know, there's been times when, I mean, many times, like really last year was the first time, like I was ever really able to like easily borrow money. So like the first few years, it was like fighting tooth and nail to get lenders to give me the money that I, you know, without signing my life away or offering up my children or, (laughs) you know, you're like, actually, if you could take them for a while, that would help me out with some childcare. Um, (laughs) I promise to come back and get them um, and pay my loan. Um, But yeah, I mean, it definitely, you have to be willing to be in this like super vulnerable place of like, I need help and I need Mm. it now. Like who's going to help me. And even if 10 people tell, you no, like keep asking, ask the 11th person and the 12th person, because eventually somebody's going to say yes. And it's hard to move forward without that. That that is so, so key for people to keep in mind. Thank you for sharing that. Okay. I've got one final question for you. Okay. This feels very serious. It is very serious. It's a very serious question. Okay. I'm ready. What's your favorite flavor of poppies? Well, I eat a lot of popcorn. <laughs> you have the best job ever. Like popcorn is lie. my favorite. People are always so. like, do you get tired of popcorn? And I'm like, nope. Like, oh, here it is. 
here's my bag from the trash. And <laughs> so I will say when you eat lots of popcorn, like we do around here, you tend to lean towards savory flavors because, mm-hmm. you know, you would have a diabetic coma if you didn't. Because <laughs> um, as a reminder, people, corn is sugar. You know, they're always like, they're like, this is so healthy. I'm like, it mm-hmm. is healthy, but yes. don't eat it three meals a day. Exactly. Um, it is a vegetable, in fact, but don't get crazy. So right now my favorite is chili cheese. That's been my go-to. Spicy Thai is one of my favorites, which is one of our not top selling flavors, but I will not get rid of it because I love it. And it's a flavor (laughs) that we've had from day one. So yeah, I mean, I eat, I mean, I I have several favorites, but spicy Thai, chili cheese, pimento cheese, those are all. The pimento cheese. I think that's my favorite. That one's so good. It's so good. Oh man. Crazy. Yeah. I can like crush that. It's our second top selling flavor. What's your number one seller? Salted caramel. Uh, That one is pretty darn good too. I'm just more of a savory person, you know? Yeah. I mean, it is good. And it's funny because in the beginning I was like, oh, everybody makes salted caramel. I'm not making that. Like, that's just like a given. Like everybody has that. And then of course people were like, well, don't you have salted caramel? And I was like, well, all right, fine. I'll make it. Fine. I'll do it. Whatever. (laughs) And salted caramel sells more than double of any other flavor. Wow. Huh. Wow. Yeah. That's huge. Hey, again, give the people right? what they want, right? Yeah. <laughs> don't be such a know-it-all be like, no, people don't want salt. People don't want that. It's yeah, like, they can get that anywhere. Yeah. No, yeah, but yours is very, it's a, it's a deliciously like formulated salted Thank caramel. You. It's not too sweet. It's like very well balanced. Um, yeah, I personally love it. And I'm not even like a massive, like sweet person as it is either, but it is, (laughs) this is like poppable. You know what that is? It's Mm. called butter. Ah, the savior for everything. Right. Butter (laughs) makes everything better. Exactly. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, well, Ginger, thank you so much for opening up and being vulnerable and sharing so much about your journey today about Poppy is it's such an incredible story. And truly you are an inspiration for so many people starting a food business. And, and I know that people are going to be inspired and, you know, want to be, you know, more open to how they can grow. And don't be surprised if some people hit you up in your DMs or via email. I would love that. Like, questions. I really love that. So if anybody has questions, they can definitely reach out to me because that, that, that feels like, um, you know, full circle for me. So I love that. Awesome. Oh, and thanks for having me. Yeah, thank you. And where can people find you online? Poppyhandcraftedpopcorn.com. Perfect. Okay, wonderful. Thank you so much, Ginger. Thank you. Have a great weekend. You too. That's it for this week, food friend. Thanks for tuning in. If the show helped you in any way, please go ahead and leave a rating or review of the show below. I also want to thank our sponsor one more time, the Food Brands That Sell program, the program to transform how you navigate the CPG industry and ultimately sets you up for success within it. Go ahead and get yourself on the waitlist using the link below, or you can put yourself on the waitlist at foodbrandsthatsellwaitlist.com. Catch you next time, food friend.